0: <laughs>
1: he, did the match. he did the monster, monster mash.
2: Good all evening, a ladies match. and gentlemen. Welcome match. back to your favorite one-stop shop for horror news, true crime, and real-life tales of the unexplained. Monsters at Midnight, brought to you by the Zima Podcasting Network for the month of June. Recording for the last time in the legendary hallowed halls of Graham's bedroom until we move to Graham's new bedroom. (laughs) I'm your host, the bio-exorcist with the most. I've seen The Exorcist 170 times, and it keeps getting funnier every single time I see it. Matt Schaefer, and joining me as always... She's all dressed up with nowhere to go. She's walking with a dead man over her shoulder, and her name is Jolyn Dormady. How are you tonight?
3: Oh, I'm great. Your intros just keep getting fucking better and better. I'm all about this. (laughs) I
2: try my best. Uh, Joining us tonight is a very special guest. um, Our first of the evening. uh, Spoiler alert. But... uh, um, Oh, fuck. I had an intro for you. It's going to come back to me. It's going to come back to me. Can you help him occupy his brain? His name is Charles Arpin, Charlie. If you're nasty, and uh, oh you may know him from Chuckles' five-minute re- reviews. How are you tonight, Charlie?
4: I'm decent. I'm decent. All right. Just got off work. I know you haven't seen The Exorcist 170
2: times. I'm quoting Beetlejuice. That's what <laughs> I, that bet is. Have, <laughs> I, I bet you have.
4: Though I haven't have. seen Beetlejuice since I was five.
2: Oh, I fucking love oh, Beetlejuice. What is wrong with you?
3: <laughs> Get it together, man.
2: Um, and yeah, and then, of course, he was working in the lab late one night, even though it was his birthday
3: today. It's Graham's birthday. It's Graham's
2: birthday. Graham Zima's yes. working the levers, flipping the knobs, flipping those knobs, the electricity through this podcast. Graham, give us a growl. Yeah. There it is. <laughs> we have an excellent show lined up for you. Not one, but two guests on deck for Monsters at Midnight for the month of June. As always, check out the other hot, creamy content that is going to be shot in your by the Zima Podcasting Network. We are on Anchor, we are on Spotify, uh, iTunes, and preferably, we hope you're listening to this on the home website as well. As always, we've got that email address. If you ever want to contact us personally, tell us your deepest, darkest fears and desires. Mm, Monsters.midnight, spelt incorrectly, at gmail.com. But without further ado, let's move on to our June edition of Monsters and Midnight. So, bolt your doors, lock your windows, and turn out the lights. Monsters at motherfucking Midnight Rides again for the month of June. That was a lot. Um, So, first topic of discussion. It's kind of summer now. We are recording this at the tail end of May, although it's like the coldest May that I've ever experienced. uh, In the hearts of the people, it is, in theory... Summer, good topic of discussion that is almost undoubtedly something we've talked about on the show before, but I honestly can't remember, is what are okay. our favorite summer-themed horror movies? I had this idea because the other day for that horror trivia that you should come down and check out with me and Jolyn at Sabbatic and Walker's Point. Every, cheap booze. <laughs> cheap booze. Uh, Great horror movies, lots cheap of trivia booze, questions. spelled B-O-O-S. <laughs> um, <laughs> Uh, we do horror movie trivia five to nine every Monday, and recently we just did uh, summer-themed horror movies. Called Summer Lovin' because I thought
3: I was hilarious, but then I played Cabin Fever, which is actually set in the fall. Yeah, I was going to so. say,
2: when I saw that for the first time, and with all the falling leaves, it just yeah. harkened back to summer for me. <laughs> um, but I figured we'd start the night off by discussing some of our favorite summer-themed horror movies to get us in the spirit of the season, even though it's like 50 degrees right now. Um, we'll get there. I uh, we'll I turn it I over hope. to you guys. Yeah, I hope so too. <laughs> start? Uh, let's start with you, Charlie. Sure. What are some of uh, your favorites?
4: Let's Let's get an obvious one out of the way. It's really bad, but it's really good. I know what you did last summer. It's oh yeah. Really bad, but it's really good. It's It's not a good horror movie. It is clearly riding off of the success of Scream. uh, that teen Scream mm-hmm. type of bullshit that the '90s was obsessed with. But it it has like a summer atmosphere that you can't really deny, and also the it's it's the cast that makes me laugh so hard because it's just a bunch of star. It, it was star studded in '97, but mm-hmm. now anyone that would watch it would be like, "Who are all Isn't these people?" Jennifer
2: Love Hewitt. It's, yep.
4: it's Jennifer Love Hewitt, Sarah Michelle Gellar, Ryan Phillippe. <laughs> oh my god!
2: <laughs> and uh, it's Freddie Prince, Prince, Prince Jr. Yeah. yeah. Ryan
4: Phillippe plays this like angry character and every every interaction he has with anyone it's just like, shut the fuck up! Like, oh, constantly. Yeah. It's so obnoxious. But the movie is a lot of fun and it's so 90s that you can't look away from it. But once you see one of those, like, once you see one Scream ripoff and then you watch others like Valentine's Day or Urban Legend, like, they're all exactly the same. Right, yeah. There's nothing to them. But if you're, you know, walk with your friends on a summer night you want to watch something that you don't need to pay full attention to, but can enjoy, that's that's a good choice for sure. Oh hell yeah. yeah. Awesome.
2: Uh Joel Lynn.
3: Um, well I guess first I'll talk about sleepaway camp because nice. that shit is fucking amazing and terrible. <laughs> But I was watching it today and I realized that I had never seen the first one before. I'd only ever seen the second one because I remember the second one being fucking absolutely bonkers.
4: People like the second and third more than.
3: Well, the second one has fucking Pamela Springsteen, who is Bruce (laughs) Springsteen's sister. (laughs) So it's like, how could you not? And like the the whole reveal of the first one is sort of like the main premise of the second one. And it's just it's fucking terrible and super not PC, not even in the slightest. It is so bad. But so, like, watching the first one today, I was just like, "Wow, this acting is terrible." Wow, that aunt is super weird. Why is she so weird? And then I realized that, like, oh yeah, it's because she forced her son or her like nephew to become a woman, right. and it's just fucking terrible. <laughs> and uh, yeah, so maybe uh, watch this movie, watch the second one, watch all of them because they're all a lot fucking of them terrible. Are on prime right Most now. of them are on Prime. Yeah. Um, and also, it fucking the first one alludes to one of the characters dying partially by suffocation, partially by getting a fucking curling iron up the pussy. Nice. <laughs> and if that doesn't fucking sell you on this movie, I don't know what will. Charlie, have you seen
2: Sleepaway
4: Camp? No, you need to. I, I I've heard the first one's really bad, but I've heard the second and third are awesome.
3: Well, is that, they're all pretty I fucking see bad. All of them. It's just yeah. the second one's more like. I think they understood how fucking terrible of a movie they were making more so than the first one. Right. So uh, you can embrace it a little bit more. Fair enough. Yeah. Um,
2: I guess, Well, I guess I'll say one of my favorites. Um, uh, one of the ones we watched the other night at trivia is Cujo.
1: Oh yeah, Cujo. Uh, Cujo
2: is is a solid movie start to finish, and uh, you it's one of one of the few movies that you actually like. It's one of those summer movies where you actually feel the heat when uh, uh, D. Wallace and the kid are trapped in the car. Like you feel how hot and uncomfortable they are, and the dog is super adorable but also mm-hmm. super scary. And it's just it's a great setup, like to be just trapped in the middle of nowhere with with this basically this uh, domesticated beast <laughs> uh, trying to kill you. It's a super foreboding and relentlessly, like... It just looks like a grimy, sticky movie because so of how... sweaty. Yeah, mm-hmm. because of how, like, hot everything is. Yeah. Do you have any more, Charlie?
4: Yeah. I mean, I don't want to talk about it because I, I got <laughs> one I want to talk about, but everybody knows that this is, like, a summer movie, but, like, Jaws. Oh, yeah. Course. We showed like, Jaws. For yeah, a... like, it's too... It's almost, like, been talked about too much that I don't really have anything to add, but I just love... The mayor refusing to shut down the beach because it's summer, and then this like kid just gets killed. <laughs> it's, yeah. it's hilarious. But um,
3: I saw the movie at theaters recently. Well, I guess it was like last year, but fuck, I so worth it. A blast. Oh my god! Yeah.
4: And another one I had was like uh, Wolf Creek, which is a really interesting. movie Yeah, from like two thousand six. That's pretty sweaty and grimy. But my favorite summer horror movie is, Fr- I had to pick a Friday the Thirteenth. Oh, of course. But yeah. I don't like. I don't like the first three uh that's just a personal thing i think Uh they're kind of boring but the fourth one for me uh the final chapter is like the most summer movie you can get it's just got a cabin in the woods feel there's like great summer breeze sounds throughout it it's sleazy it's violent it's pretty funny and crispin glover's in it and he's oh, yeah. just weird. I enjoy watching him because he's just so awkward. That
2: scene where he dances is legendary. Oh yeah, it's
4: hilarious. Yeah. And Corey Feldman too. For any oh, of yeah, Feldman that's Friends right. out there, yeah. I'm a Feldman fan myself. Uh, I would say, if if you were to, if anyone was to say like, what is Friday the Thirteenth? It's the fourth one. The the first one, the first three. It's just they don't capture that what I believe the series is about. And for me, the fourth Friday the Thirteenth. Is the best one. You can watch it without seeing any of the other ones and enjoy it. Oh yeah, just as much. Yeah. Yeah, that's some, some of the best
2: Some of the best Jason moments yes. too. Yeah. Know, yeah. It's a summer movie. Tom Savini. Through. Special effects are so oh, good. So Tom good. Savini. You <laughs> oh, can yeah, get he, it.
4: He's the best. Yeah.
2: yeah. <laughs> um, another one from you, Joel.
3: Uh, well, I wanted to say on the topic of Cujo because we did the trivia on it. I learned a couple things about the dogs that they used to play Cujo, and it's just the cutest shit in the world. And I needed oh, to talk really? about it. So like, um. For the Cujo's foaming mouth, they used like egg whites and powdered sugar. But really? because because it was so tasty, the dogs would just like lick it off their face all the time. Yeah. So they had to keep redoing it. I'm just like, that's so fucking cute. Yeah. And the whole way they got them to attack the car was uh, they put all of the dogs like favorite toys in the car. So that they would like hop on the car. See, that's, actually, that's, that's one of the Sorry. things we
2: were talking about. One of the regular, not regular, but someone who was at Trivia I was talking about. We were at, honestly like trying to figure out. Like how they made the dog look so gross and like talking about what it must go into training animals and movies like that. That's just
3: cute as fuck. That's pretty amazing. But the movie I was going to talk about next is uh, Ticks from 1993. I don't know if you guys. Ticks. Have you guys seen it? No. Oh, God. Uh, When I talk about it, you might want to. Um, So Seth Green is in it. Also, the fucking dude who played Carlton, Alfonso Ribeiro? Rubiro? Oh, Rubiro. Rubiro? There we From go. That's the word. Fucking Fresh Prince. Yeah, he plays Carlton. Yeah. Uh, the dude who plays Carlton plays a character named Panic in this, and it, like the line where he describes it, he's like, "Yeah, they call me Panic because I never do." And uh, it's like all practical effects. It's amazing. So these troubled teens are sent to this camp, um, and then they're attacked by these mutated ticks mm-hmm. and. Uh, <laughs> the ticks are mutated from local pot farmers who use this like insane chemical on their weed farms and then that's what makes these ticks like attack the campers and it's amazing and it's like a lot of like kind of body horror practical effects stuff and it's just it's so good Yeah, the cast is amazing I
2: love it that's pretty great that sounds pretty great you need to see it um, I guess the, the two that I'll mention, ma- I'm we're t- gonna mention two together because they uh we've talked a lot about these movies and they also kinda go hand in hand in a way. Um I would be Jordan Peele's Us. Yeah and yeah. The Lost Boys. Oh, I was
3: gonna bring up the Lost Just Boys cause, too, because uh, why not?
2: They're both like they they're set in the same place. Charlie hates the Lost Boys. Oh, <laughs> that movie sucks. No, it's sucks. so oh, good. Oh god. Um, I, I
3: can't. I'm going to go fight you later.
2: <laughs> but yeah, the, um, I love both of them. Uh, they both take place in Santa Monica? Santa Cruz?
3: Um, I think one of them is in a made-up place and then one is in a real place. Well,
2: they're technically, they're both in that place, but they call it a made-up place in the Lost Boys. Fuck, I can't
3: remember. I want to say it's Santa. Monica, Santa Monica
2: or maybe it's Santa Cruz. Oh, fuck. Oh, well, Some Santa. We're good at life today. Santa Claus. Um, <laughs> I love them both. We've talked to death about both us and the Lost Boys, though. God, so I, I haven't
4: seen us yet. Oh, oh it's so god, good. it's so good! It's I'm really going good. Going yeah, yeah, very much worth seeing. I chose to see Pet Cemetery instead. Dude, I
3: fucking hated Pet Cemetery. I
4: liked it. I liked the. I liked the second half a lot more than the first. Half. Oh, I like the god. book a lot.
3: Oh, <laughs> fucking hated Pet Cemetery. I'm so mad about it still. I haven't seen it a second time yet, though. So maybe I was just like butt hurt because. <laughs> I didn't know what I was in for with all the fucking yeah.
4: changes, and I'm just like, no, the first half's pretty bad. It doesn't uh, really do a good job of like setting it up, but the animatronic bird like was so awesome. That's <laughs> all. So I, awesome. Still,
2: fine. I still yeah. need to see the new Pet Sematary. The animatronic Boo. cat,
4: fine, so awesome. Boo, <laughs> yeah, it just made the movie for me. That's God wild. Damn it. Yeah, the littlest things can make a whole movie. I, I guess. Know. Shit. That's what I. Okay. Yeah. It was trashy. But <laughs> I liked it.
2: Oh, fair enough. Do you have any more? Do either of you have any more summer movies? Summer I, I movies? feel like
4: it's obvious that the Texas Chainsaw Massacre is a summer movie. Oh, so yeah. I don't really feel like talking about it, but that is my favorite horror movie ever. Saw that one. Oh, on dude, same. Oh, that's so good. <laughs> well, it's actually... Crushed me.
3: Yeah. Did you have more to say? I'm sorry. I didn't mean to. No, that. that's it. It's, it's just too good. Oh, yeah. Dude, I'm right there with you. Yeah. But... I think it's funny because part of the reason I didn't bring that up was because I was like, I can't tell if it's summer or if it's just Texas. And that's also the situation with um, this movie, All the Boys Love Mandy Lane, which I've Mm, talked about a bajillion times. And I keep trying to get it uh, for horror trivia. Like, I have it on DVD and I'd be all about it, but nobody fucking knows this movie. Mm -hmm. Um, And so I'm not going to, like, talk about it extensively, but I am going to mention that, like, the ranch that they use in this film is... And I just learned this today, so I figured it'd be fun to talk about. Uh, Apparently, it's, like, super creepy in real life. Really? Um, Like, it has a bunch of, like, urban legends about it. One, well, next to it, there's, like, a cemetery. And it's, like, 60-plus graves. And it's all, like, 1800s from a town that doesn't exist anymore. And then, apparently, like, a little girl, like, was, like strangled to death or like died of suffocation in one of the rooms that they actually like filmed in. Mm -hmm. And uh, also apparently there's a local legend that John Wilkes Booth evaded capture and then ended up as the caretaker on this ranch. And then when he died, he like revealed who he was and then they buried him under the Oak tree. That's like featured in the movie. (laughs) Wow, There's just like a bunch of shit about this ranch. I was like, where did that come from? That is super interesting but I like that movie because it's like it seems like kind of a self-aware uh, teen scream it's from 2006 so it's like right around the time where all those were coming out mm-hmm. but it's like it's different from a lot of the other ones that came out around that time I think and uh, I can't tell if it's like making fun of the other teen screams or if it just like did it a little bit better but I fucking love that movie okay. it's so Who solid did that one? um Jonathan Levine, Levine, who oh. apparently also did Warm Bodies and a bunch yeah, and he of comedies. Did, he
4: did, yeah, he did like 50-50 and, yeah. and all that stuff. Mm-hmm. I should, I know the poster for that movie. I should see that. Yeah,
3: it's good. I fucking, I love that movie so much. Nice, yeah. but I found out the reason that a lot of people don't know about it is because it like premiered it at the uh, Toronto Film Festival, but then it wasn't actually released in the U.S. until like 2013. Mm-hmm so yeah it's like seven years of just yeah no kidding that's a long time Mm -hmm.
2: I guess uh, one last one I'll mention is John Carpenter's Vampires oh yeah but it's also like uh, it's one of those things where you bring up Texas Chainsaw Massacre where it's like is it just hot because of where it is
4: that's what I thought Mm -hmm. about Hatchet oh yeah that movie because that takes place in Florida yeah
2: yeah it
4: just seems to hard be to tell. There.
2: Well, like John Carpenter's vampires, I think takes place in like Arizona or New Mexico, but Makes it, it just, it looks like a, it's just a, one of those like steamy movies. And it's also <laughs> it's it's steamy fucking hilarious. And James Woods is awesome in it.
3: Yes. And the,
2: the vampires are pretty cool. There's this great scene where they they like come out of the sand
3: in the desert.
2: Oh. It's pretty great. And then it's got, of course, that kick-ass John Carpenter soundtrack to it. And James Mm. Woods. James Woods. (laughs) He's so fucking funny in that movie. It's just a vampire. And I forget which Baldwin is is in it.
4: All of them. It's not.
2: It's not Alec. Is it Steven from Biodome? It's whatever one is not in The Usual Suspects. Is that Steven? That's Steven. It's not Steven. It might be William.
4: Doesn't Adam, help me. I don't
2: I think it's William. The <laughs> there are too many of them It's uh, not Alec, I know that. That helps. And uh Cheryl Lee from Twin Peaks is in it.
3: Huh. And
2: uh yeah. Yeah, that's a, that's uh Tom Carpenter's Vampires is fucking wild. Um, but yeah, there, there you go. There's a good fix of uh, summer-themed horror movies that you can pop on when uh, you're hanging with your dudes.
3: Wait, Tucker and Dale versus Evil.
2: Oh yeah, oh yeah, that's a that good so one. Good.
3: I think most people have seen that one at this point that it's I a, know of, and it's so just, they should. If you're, it's perfect. Yeah, it's the funniest shit in the world, and it's so cute.
2: Yeah, if you're a fan of horror movies, you should check out Tucker and Dale. If you're a fan this.
3: of life, you should see Tucker and Dale versus <laughs> that's, Evil.
2: It's another good movie that stands like at horror movie expectations on its head. But yeah, um, some good summer-themed horror movies you should check out this uh, summer when you're hanging out with your friends. Um, moving on to the next topic of the evening, there's a certain Italian horror movie uh, or a horror film director that uh, Charlie and I have been fucking with recently, and we're just gonna we're just gonna talk about Lucio Fulci for a while. Um, Lucio Fulci, for those of you that don't know, is uh, horror movie exploitation director who has a wide-spanning career from like the late 60s to the late 80s. He made all sorts of movies, but he was most known for his absolutely disgusting horror movies. Jolene, have you seen many Lucio Fulci movies?
3: Turns out I haven't seen any. I looked okay. into it today and I was just like, oh no, I can't talk about this at all and I don't have time to educate myself. Damn. And Amazon Prime didn't help me, so Damn. here we yeah, are. Yeah, get
2: that Shutter account.
3: I know,
4: man, I really do.
2: Yeah. Um, Charlie, what are your, uh, what was your first experience? I, I know the answer, but what was your I, first experience with Lucho? I Fulci?
4: found a really cool list after I had seen Mandy and beyond the black rainbow, Panos mm-hmm. Cosmatos films. And it was like a list, uh, about films that if you enjoyed those, maybe you would like these mm-hmm. on a letterboxd, of course. And it was, it was an interesting list with a lot of, I've watched most of them now, uh, with oh, yeah. a lot of just strange, some of his father's horror films that he made, uh, like Leviathan and, uh, others that are just kind of that interest in like the realm of like horror and then also like psychedelic drugs, right like, kind yeah. of like that blend together of like craziness. And, mm-hmm. uh, so the beyond was on there yeah and it was like the, at the top of the list. So yeah. I, I watched that, uh, uh, but I actually bought it before I saw it. It was like five dollars. Oh like nice. I bought it, yeah, for really cheap because I knew that it looked crazy. Mm-hmm. And uh, I didn't know what was going on. I still don't really know what's going on in it. Yeah, but It's I... the
2: thing with these movies is, is you can't ask a whole lot of questions. No, like... no, no.
4: The it's it's all about like excess, and it's it's got like this fascination with the grotesque and like oh. what is what is like what is capable of like being shown on a strip of film. And like the beyond, yeah, it's insane. Like I I gave it a full five star rating and it's like, is it probably not because it doesn't make any sense. And I still don't know what it's about, but like the first five minutes, there's that like crazy, like psychedelic satanic, like ritual that's happening. Mm -hmm. and It's just insane. And I'm just sitting there like, what is this? And then it further got into it and it started to be like a mix between like body horror psychological horror, like an exorcist movie. It's like like a a good old
2: haunted house movie. Yeah, Like it was
4: everything. And so I, I loved that and I can completely see the influence as to why it was on that list. Oh yeah. Uh, Mandy and beyond the black rainbow, because it does feel entirely like obsessed with this, like psychological state. Yeah. Uh, that the characters are in throughout the whole thing. So yeah, I, I, feel bad talking about him because i've only seen i think two or three of his movies mm-hmm. but the beyond that's
2: okay i've only seen two or yeah three, the
4: beyond uh, three yeah <laughs> well there's so many yeah, these italian too. horror makers just were really prolific so True, it's like, yeah you know
2: no yeah there's and yeah there's a bunch of them that are on prime and shutter that are worth yeah. checking out um i still really want to see what's interesting is um in europe dawn of the dead was re-edited and called zombie and mm-hmm. then Lucio Fulci made an unofficial sequel called Zombie 2, but in yeah. America, Ooh, yeah. everyone just knows it as Zombie. Yeah. which that spawned a whole like series of like seven yeah. sequels. I, I haven't st-
4: seen those yet, but I, I still really watch. want to see yeah. zombie.
2: I've seen parts of it. And there's a bit where like a, a zombie is underwater and like takes a bite out of a shark yes. that it's wrestling with. And there's like this topless chick scuba diving for no reason. And like,
3: sounds like my type of movie.
2: Yeah, no, you would love Lucio Fulci's movies, but yeah, um, I was first exposed to him. There's a film critic on YouTube called the cinema snob where his whole character is he's like a like a pretentious film critic, but all the movies he reviews are like Italian exploitation movies or like porn parodies and like religious propaganda movies. I think I
3: might have seen some of his videos. Yeah,
2: and like uh, Lucio Fulci was a big name on his list. So I've seen now The Beyond, uh, House by the Cemetery, The New York Ripper, and I've seen half of City of the Living Dead.
3: I think I might have seen City of the Living Dead. City
2: of the Living Dead is Fuck. nuts. I still need to watch it all the way through, though. But yeah, The Beyond is amazing. I think everyone should see The Beyond. Um, what did you think about The New York Ripper?
4: I enjoyed it. It also made no sense. Yeah. But uh, it didn't need to make sense because it was just filled with what I watch like, slasher movies for, specifically like the non-canon slasher movies like like that aren't Halloween Friday and Nightmare mm. like they get a lot grosser and a lot more disgusting yeah uh, and I like to watch those a lot and I just enjoy the bad dubbing and the bad acting yes yeah. and all of them and the New York Ripper was prime in that like it was just it just had so many bad scenes and oh yeah they were, they were all so good but the kills like they just sliced through a nipple in it yeah, yeah, like yeah. with a so razor blade, mm. yeah, and, like so slice fucked. the
2: chick's ha- uh, eye in half. That's the other thing. Oh, Lucio I'm Fulci has a vendetta against eyeballs. Oh
3: yeah, horrible, yeah, there's, there's, there's horrible there's so thing much shit about yeah. eyes
2: in his movies. Yeah, really horrible, awesome. horrible things happen yeah. to eyes in every single one yeah. of his movies. It's
4: awesome. Maybe yeah. that's like so one of sick. his
3: biggest fears, and that's why he always includes
2: yeah. it in his movies. I've heard that Lucio is like insane, and was like oh, yeah. super hard to work with too. So that's fun. A lot
4: of oh, those dudes I've heard are Italian horror filmmakers. True. So, yeah. yeah.
2: So what do you think is like uh on a more broad scale, what do you think is still this like the lasting appeal of Lucio Fulci that we're like still talking well, it's about? It's for every the people day?
4: it's for the people like all of us on the podcast. Like I don't watch the, the, the thing that bugs me more than anything is the people that will watch horror movies that are only educated on these excuse my French, these just absolute piece of shit movies like the conjuring or insidious. Oh my God. I know. They just think that this is like what horror is. And they're like, Oh, I don't know. Like I saw the original Halloween and like, it didn't scare me. So for that reason, it's not good. And for me, I don't No Horror movie really scares me that much. There, there there's some that I'm a big baby when I watch horror movies. No, I wish that that could be the case. But at the same time I watch them because they're fun They're disgusting. I love seeing gore. I Mm. think it's awesome. And also because all of these, more than any other genre horror movies, reflect what is happening in that current state in politics, in in culture. So it's interesting to see how there aren't many horror movies that date perfectly true and that's yeah. not a bad thing mm-hmm. like texas chainsaw is so 70s oh yeah it's oh, such yeah. like a piece of new hollywood and like mm-hmm. exorcist is too yeah like those movies stay of their horror movies stay in their era because that's where they belong and like that's what i love about them and so with Lu- lucio Falci, it's like this guy was disgusting and like yeah. if you want to if you think you've seen the maximum amount of gore when you watch like a Halloween movie or a Friday the Thirteenth movie, you're like, "Oh, you that was disgusting." Nothing. You yet. haven't seen anything <laughs> yeah. compared to what you're about to see in this guy's movies, and I think that might be the lasting effect. And also because, you know, movies like Mandy coming out that are mm-hmm. very like influenced by that psychedelic, uh, like psychological, practical effects too, yeah, yeah, like practical effects and that that psychedelic appeal that people are enjoying. Uh, stuff like Under the Skin. Mm-hmm. or the witch that, that kind of hold a similar, very like that psychological dread. Yeah. Uh, they should check out Lucio, Lucio Falci movies. Yeah. No yeah way for sure. Yeah.
2: He, he's a champion. Um, yeah. especially if you like weird, weird fucking horror movies. And yeah. again, like you say, like how no horror movie ages perfectly. Like if you're a, a fan of like time capsule horror movies, like fucking the beyond looks so like early eighties. And um, it's it's ridiculous. Like in the house by the cemetery too. house by the cemetery. I I like quite a bit. It's a little, it's much slower than the beyond.
4: I like a slow burn,
2: but the atmosphere in the house by the cemetery, it's, it's again, it's another really good haunted house movie with some just like really creepy music and just coated in gore.
4: But yeah, no people got to stop thinking that horror movies are only meant to scare. They're, oh, yeah. they're worth so much more. Oh, absolutely. Oh, yeah. So much more. It's why I like study film. It's like horror is one of the reasons. So like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's worth so much more. Oh, absolutely.
2: Yeah. No, I totally get it. So yeah, um, check out some Lucio Fulci movies. Um, if you've got that, especially if you've got that Shudder account. Um, I'm going to go sh- get a Shudder account. The Shudder account, account is worth it. I think
4: the Beyond might be on YouTube. It, it could I'm be. I'm not It could very but well think be. The Beyond is on YouTube.
2: Yeah. Yeah. I know if you have a Prime account, I know a handful of Lucio Fulci movies are already on. They've Prime. been.
4: I will warn anyone that has Prime though. They've been taken. Like I've watched a ton of good horror movies on mm-hmm. there but they've been taking stuff off like nothing. I was oh, going to really? say, I was like looking yeah. for
3: uh, Lucio Fulci movies. Lucio? Lucio? I don't know. I, I um, don't know.
4: I've always said Lucio. They, they took, took away sure. The Prowler. They took away Deep Red. Like, oh, they took really? Away tons oh, of that's shit. lame. Yeah. yeah. In a matter of weeks. That's weird. When I
0: hope Stripped to Kill is still on there. I mean, we just it watched It is. I just saw it. Right. I was huh? scrolling through Have you there. seen it? No. But oh!
4: It looks awesome. Stripped to Kill is wild. You need still on there. Yeah. We watched
2: that on her birthday. I'll watch it a hundred million times. Stripped to Kill is wild. God, it's That's so terrible.
4: There. And yeah. there's another one uh on there called uh like Final Exam or something that looks really oh, bad, Oh, I of that, yeah. yeah.
3: God, I love bad movies. That's <laughs> yeah. what
2: I love. I mean, it sucks that they've been taking shit off of Prime, but when everyone complains about the horror movie selection on Netflix, it's like Prime, Prime. for Prime for the most part has a oh, yeah, decent pretty fucking solid, yeah. selection. Netflix
4: is where they dump all the like straight to redbox bullshit. Yeah. Yeah. Like, yeah.
2: Oh yeah, Prime has Prime has the hookup like, and they had for a while at least. So they had a lot of Dario Argento movies oh, yeah. on there too, a lot of Mario Bava movies. Mm-hmm. Like, if you're looking into if you're looking to get into foreign horror movies, uh, and I mean just horror in general that you like it's more obscure and weird. Stop fucking around with Netflix because every so often you might find like visit one good Tubi. Thing. Too, Tubi, too, you were telling me. T-U-B-I,
4: free subscription. It's official. It's not like a one, two, three movies place. Right, yeah. But they have a lot of good stuff on there.
2: Yeah, I need to check yeah. out Tubi. Um, all right. Well, Charlie, thank you so much for being thank on the you show. for finally having me. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, hopefully, yeah. We'll, we'll probably get you on again oh, sometime sure. in the I'd future. Um, yeah. But we're going to take a quick break while we uh bring in our next guest for the evening. Hey, and welcome back to Monsters at Midnight. We've got our next guest up here and for the evening. Uh, hey, yeah, he's the one that you wanted. Hey, yeah, he's your super beast. We've got James Green on the show now. What's going on, dog? Yeah, welcome to the show, James Green.
0: Yeah,
2: happy to be here. Um, Happy birthday to you as well. Oh, yeah, thank you. Yeah, Just a room, room full of birthdays today. Yeah, I guess um, so. Yeah, James Green is no stranger to the network. He's appeared on many other shows, but this is the first time that we've got him on ours And uh, it's going to be a good time. This was a long time coming. Yeah, I'm
0: stoked. Thanks for having me. Yeah,
2: absolutely. Next topic of discussion we're going to go into is uh, uh, Art the Clown is uh, coming back into our lives. For those of you that don't know, there was a little horror movie called Terrifier that was released about a killer mime, clown type person.
3: I mean, he's a mime. He doesn't talk.
2: Yeah, but they call him Art the Clown. Oh,
3: okay, right. Fair. All right.
2: Um, We've talked about Terrifier on the show before. Um as per usual Jolyn likes it a lot more than I do <laughs> except for um, pet
3: cemetery we never agree on that Well you haven't seen it yet I haven't seen it I yet I bet you'll like it
0: yeah. it's just our dynamic I guess Are we talking the new one or the old The new one Okay I still haven't seen it Oh good yeah.
2: <laughs> Jolene
0: hates it. I'm okay. real mad about Which it. Which was
3: yeah.
2: all of a sudden Charlie and her got into it and I was like, oh shit. What, well what it's like, I doesn't cause? he like
3: hate shit so often and then like now <laughs> he's just like, No, I like this movie. I'm like, all right, okay. I
0: feel like that I'm just, just the comes asshole. with getting a film degree though. Oh yeah. Yeah. You're either just like You just i you either you hate everything or you're just like really into like Star Wars and every Marvel movie coming out. You can't forget
2: you can't forget Christopher Nolan. Oh yeah, yeah. There's like like
0: a couple go tos. I've talked about this on a couple other podcasts. I feel like there's a couple like gateway films that like you get it's sort of like when you get into like really obscure stuff and you think you're cool because you found this certain thing, but like if you look back on it now, you're like, wow, this. It's fucking dumb. Mm-hmm. Like I just tried rewatching the Boondock Saints recently, and it'd <laughs> be like one of the worst movies I've ever just seen. It for the first time. It's, Dude, like, it's like, like when I was drunk. fourteen, that was like my favorite movie. Yeah. And um Oh my god, like I was watching it uh I think on St. Patrick's Day. And yeah, <laughs> was that when you watched it? Oh no, I
2: was actually
0: Okay, you know, I was watching it on St. Patrick's Day and I just, I had this thought. I'm like, dude, if you, st- if this is still your favorite movie in 2019, you're a fucking incel. I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm going to say I enjoy watching that movie though. It's, it's fun. It's oh, fun. Have you ever seen the documentary Overnight? I don't think I want about to About Troy now. Duffy? Okay, so he was just a bouncer in Boston and wrote this crazy screenplay and he felt Harvey Weinstein happened to be in this nightclub. He's like, hey bro, like, I wrote this crazy fucking screenplay. He's like some like just typical Boston dude that goes to like hate breed and blood for blood (laughs) shows and like. Sound like my kind of movie. You know, just dude that's in like his early thirties but like still completely bald and like wears one of those like what what one those hats called? The fedora. No, not the fedora. The other one, the like a cap, like a it's ped... it's like it's like a cap. It's not a bowler cap. It's um like peddler's cap. Um, something like... like I don't know. My my buddy Ari called it like the he called it he called it, like I watch films cap. <sighs> you know what I'm talking about, yeah, right? Know, yeah, yeah. I know what you're talking yeah, about. Yeah, I, I don't know the name, but he he he'd be like one of those dudes and he'd give like, mm-hmm. hey, yeah, I wrote this fucking screenplay and Harvey Weinstein like basically hired him overnight. Wow. Oh my god. He oh my hired god. him overnight. He's like, "Yeah, we're going to make this fucking movie. This script is badass." And then um <laughs> Troy Duffy like basically brought his whole entourage with him of mm-hmm. like these just crazy Boston bouncers. Oh my god. And they just partied too much and didn't want to make the movie that like the studio was trying to make and then they basically overnight he lost everything they're like alright you're fucking up you're done so oh, then he wow. funded the whole thing himself and like cause originally cause Willem Dafoe is in that movie and that's probably the most bankable star they had there yeah. yeah but originally they had like Vincent D'Onofrio was gonna oh. be in it um there was like a bunch of people that really wanted to be in that movie and then it just went straight to video And, and that's think, think
3: how much fucking money that guy must have made by now though right if it's straight to video I mean I guess still-
0: so I mean sure he's probably like one of those directors. That just does like the convention circuit and whatnot, yeah. but yeah. like they were building him up because this was the Damn. '90s, so they were building him up like, dude, we found the next Tarantino, right?
2: Yeah, oh. <laughs> which was interesting. That era, of fucking like every indie competent indie filmmaker was built up to be like that, the next. That's Tarantino, right, yeah, you know, yeah. Oh boy, that's so but funny. I feel
0: like that. But would would you agree that sort of like that hype machine is sort of the reason that you and I are even sitting here today like discussing this sort of thing like I don't know um, like how much of your back because Tarantino was huge for me oh yeah all throughout high school oh yeah and yeah. like I'm sure I bothered like everyone I knew saying like yeah I'm all about Tarantino no I,
2: I was dude. the same exact way I to a degree still yeah. am I the have, same I exact, have, exact me way
0: me too my,
3: uh, my plugs are Tarantino themed right now yeah. yeah. I just saw the five, six, seven, eights last night. And oh, so, how yeah. Oh, was it was, oh, that it was the, actually really fun. Was it
0: the Shank Hall show? Yeah, it was really fun. Right I on. hate Shank Hall, but it was really fun. Me, too. Uh, I haven't, I don't think I've actually gone in. Um, it's not fun. Um, Corey Feldman and his angels played. Right. There like two
3: apparently, years ago. apparently so he was a huge dick to the openers who are my friends. And oh I was just God. like, You dick?
0: Okay, so my, my story with Corey Feldman and his angels is um my roommate Mac was about to leave to study abroad. So we were just like getting a couple drinks before he left the next day. And we were on Brady, which is just like two blocks from Shankall. Right. And mm. we were at Club Brady, and I'm like, Ugh. dude, Corey Feldman is playing right now. Should we go check it out? so we just walked over it's like pouring rain and i just said like hey like the show's halfway over can we just go in like no one's really here and they're like no you still gotta pay full price and i'm like all right fuck it so we just watched from the window they have outside because you could watch the whole show and i was just talking to the people out having cigarettes and um they told me i just asked like so did he like come on stage on time they go like well, he was two hours late. And I'm like, so you mean he was two hours late to stage? you are like, no his tour bus was two hours late. There was people already waiting for him to go on and his tour bus hadn't even showed up yet. Oh, wow. Jesus fuck. So then he loaded in and then two songs in, he fell off his Segway that he had and chipped his tooth. I heard about and that. And went off. And, I didn't um, realize
3: it was while he was riding a fucking Segway shit. Yeah, he
0: was riding a fucking Segway. Well, not like a Segway, but you know, like with those hoverboard things. Oh, that's not, oh, yeah. I feel like that's not better. Yeah. No, <laughs> no it's, it's the same thing, just yeah. without handlebars. Yeah, know, so, yeah. It's a, it's a Looks a little less It's dorky, a scooter to escape skateboard you know right? yeah um and when i got there it was just the angels playing so they've got like their whole like angel wings and their glow-in-the-dark heels and shit like that but when we got there and we're watching through the window they were playing they were doing a cover of stand by me while clips of Corey feldman scenes in stand by me were playing (laughs) Yes, Are and I'm you like, kidding? you know what? God. This is like, I mean, I haven't seen Corey yet, but this is already everything I wanted that's, and so much yeah, more. that's all you need in life, I think. Yeah,
2: that is wild. Oh boy. Um,
3: we- we've gone all over the place. That was fun. <laughs>
2: but moving, moving back to Terrifier. Yes. Um, Terrifier Two has been funded and will be moving into production this fall. I can't remember the name of the director. Uh, it's super Italian sounding. Oh,
3: fuck. Give me a second. Give me a second. Balls. Uh. Oh, my God. Oh, Damien Leone. Yeah,
2: Damien Leone. That's where it is. It's
0: a bad fucking name. It's <laughs> the baddest yeah. fucking name I've ever heard. What
3: if that's his birth name? Leave him alone.
0: Dude, that's like Damien Leone. <laughs> Something like that. Dude, yeah. that sounds like the fucking like. It might be Leo. That would have been like the know. that would have been like the title I would have given myself when I was like sixteen, <laughs> <and> like <laughs> obsessed with like Marilyn Manson, but yeah. also like Clint Eastwood. You, that that's yeah. exactly what it sounds that's like. Exactly. Yeah. But Actually, this dude's judging by like, Terrifier, you might be right. I might just yeah. be him. Well, I, I haven't seen either of them, but now you've got me hyped just by this dude's name alone. Yeah. I had fun with that movie. <laughs> I, I liked fucking, it. Yeah. I,
2: I also you. I
3: watched uh, it really drunk, like by myself, and I was just like. See, In and a bar alone, we and I was talked like, "This, about this is amazing." On
2: the other episode, uh, but when we were talking about Terrifier, I was like, "I." I, because I love horror movies, I have a pretty big suspension of disbelief. Yeah. Like, everyone knows. Like, yeah. oh, you don't run upstairs. Uh, why are you running in there? But there were points in this movie where I'm like, all right, you're f- so fucking stupid. Oh, yeah. You deserve to die. There yeah. were, like, so many abjectly dumb moments in this movie that Could've completely been purposeful. took me out of it. Well, it sucked.
3: Anyway, <laughs> what are your
2: thoughts about Terrifier 2 well, being made?
3: Well, um, as I was reading about it... um, well, okay, so what I read was the basic plot is, after being resurrected by a sinister entity, Arthur the Clown returns to Miles County where he must hunt down and destroy a teenage girl and her younger brother on Halloween, and that to me, sounds like Bride of Chucky, yeah. which is fun <laughs> i I'm, I'm I'm game because yeah. it's like that. It's so ridiculous on its own already that I'm just like, and from how it sounds, it's gonna be like ten times as insane as the first one or whatever. Wow. So I can only imagine where he's planning on taking it. The, mm-hmm. the movie but
2: that had a chick being sawn in half from puss to gullet, Ugh, and yeah. it's gonna be more insane
0: Ugh. than that. You're, you're talking right. down on it, but like all you're doing is so the amp- the Dude, amp- I lo- Dude, I, so so I love it. There are great moments in that movie,
2: and I love the character of Art the Clown. Oh yeah, he's like, fucking This guy's used the character of Art the Clown in other of his other films okay but I would like because he did the movie All Hallows Eve and Art the Clown is in that is
0: this like his Randall flag I guess something? yeah no this yeah. is
2: his, his cinematic universe built around this and th- that's like that's what, why I said when we were first talking about It's like this guy was like I came up this, with this really fucking creepy clown but I don't know what to do with it that's what Terrifier <laughs> yeah. reads as to me
0: so what is the Terrifier series because I'm like unaware of it it's just one so far it's one so based far off but of, okay It's based off a a short film that he. Yeah. Sorry. It's okay. okay. (laughs) It's based (laughs) off of. It's weird because
2: it's based off of a short film that was in All Hallows Eve. Mm -hmm. All Hallows Eve is like an anthology movie that he did where they all kind of have to do... No, they don't all have to do with Art the Clown. Is it kind of
0: like Trick or Treat, how it's like a bunch of different... A little bit. I've never
2: actually seen it, but that's sort of what it sounds like. And Art the Clown is in that in a segment called Terrifier. And Terrifier is like a feature-length adaptation Mm -hmm. of that short film. Um... But, uh, oh, I don't remember where we were going okay. with this.
3: <laughs> um, well, Did you I, see the
2: panic in my eyes? Yeah, right? I saw. Like, where am I? <laughs>
3: um, well, um, apparently they're crowdfunding it through Indiegogo, but it's specifically for a very like huge scene that he has planned. Oh, um, that's
2: interesting.
3: And uh, apparently has...
2: So this is going to be one great scene.
3: Apparently. Um, it says it has an unprecedented amount of special effects, extras, and Try stunts. Try that word again. Un- unprecedented? That's the one. Oh, whatever. <laughs> um, but one thing I noticed about Damien Leone, or Leone, however you say his last name, I don't know. Um, he sounds like a huge fucking nerd. Yeah. And I love it. And so you, you I just want to see. That. You kind
2: of get I just that. want to see from, all
3: of his movies. Yeah. Because <laughs> I was just like, I can relate to that. I'd see that movie. Hell.
2: Yeah, you kind of get that, especially from watching Terrifier. It's like, okay, he's obviously a fan of horror movies. It's just he needs more direction in yeah. his writing. Because, mm-hmm. like I said, there's like, oh. All those fucking moments where, like, the chick is literally—I'm gonna run into this fucking garage when I could literally grab a car that's yeah. right here—and it's like, oh my god, I'm over you.
3: <laughs> I was reading though that you can fucking—I don't know how much you have to pay for this, but apparently you're gonna have a chance to pay to be murdered by Arthur Clown on screen. <laughs> and I was just like, I'd fucking that's like pay the for top that
0: Kickstarter reward, probably. The yeah, probably. That's and I would so—I
3: would so fucking do that. Are you kidding me? Yeah. Fuck.
2: <laughs> I mean. More power to the guy. I'm glad that this movie has an audience. I
3: It's just me. I, it's, I, just
2: I,
0: it's just it's me. Just nobody else, it's like, <laughs> not, no, I know a lot of people <laughs> well, how, that love how this did, movie. How did you discover the,
3: okay. the clown verse? Well, I'm a part of a lot of, like... <laughs> Pure accident for yeah. me. I was, I was <laughs> well, with my
2: girlfriend at the time, and she was like, this looks spooky. And I'm like, oh, yeah, I think I've heard of this Yeah. from, like, Bloody Disgusting. Sure. Yeah. And then, like, we watched it, and I was like, wow. All right.
3: <laughs> well... <laughs> The way I found it was I'm a part of like a bunch of different like horror based groups on Facebook. Right. And I kept seeing this like memes about this fucking art the clown and it looked <laughs> like shit. Sure. But also to me, it looked like Bill Moseley. And so I was oh, all, okay. I was excited right. and was I, con- I was convinced that that was, was Bill Moseley. She was convinced that
2: it was Bill Mosley. So, and I like had to break her heart. I'm yeah, like, it
3: was, it was the worst moment of my dude, life. Have
0: you seen some of like Bill Mosley's like early roles and like Roger Corman stuff? Like there's that one movie, I think it's called Galaxy of Terror. What? Where like, um yeah, it's like, it's like an alien ripoff where there's like uh like these astronauts that go to like this pyramid in space and like Bill Mosley has like, um, Oh, sorry, no. I'm getting Bill Mosley mixed up with Sid Haig. Oh shit! Um, Well, but yeah, Sid 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 Haig Haig is in it, and he's like got like this weird like throwing star or something. It's like I don't know. It's just that sounds amazing. That sounds amazing. Oh well, the the big like. The big famous scene in that movie is that there, like, there's a woman that gets raped by like this giant, like, alien, like, leech or oh, something. I've oh, I've heard boy. of this. Yes, wait, I've oxytar. heard of this. Yeah. yeah. It, it's really weird. Wait, yours, know, one wait, of the legends is like inside of the thing? spaceship, they tried to make it look futuristic, but one of the walls is actually made from like uh, Big Mac boxes. Oh, really? That's that they just painted over. And if you look really closely, you can see like, cause it used to just be styrofoam. Cause it was made in like the early eighties. Mm-hmm. So you can still see like the McDonald's M's. Oh, on, like, the, wall of the spaceship.
2: That's pretty dope. Yeah. Oh My God. Well, Sid Haig posts a lot on his Instagram about weird, like guest roles that he had, like
3: what a weird guy.
2: Yeah. He just like, this is a screen grab from the one time I was in, I don't fucking know the 18.
0: Sure. And he, like, yeah. and
2: it's like, dude, like, it,
0: cool like, it, it's funny like how many actors were in like like big actors now were in yeah. like small like well not just corman productions but if you look at like canon films oh, yeah, like yeah um, there was some video that was circulating facebook last week of like um it wasn't from a death wish movie it was some other charles bronson movie mm-hmm. where um i guess him and his wife are like shot like in their bed and whatnot Oh, and, and Keanu Reeves. Yeah, and Keanu player, Reeves yeah. is like, it's like his first role ever. He like shot the shit out of, out of Charles, Charles Bronson. Bronson. That's right. Yeah. I forget what movie that was. No wonder Keanu Reeves has gotten famous. Yes. <laughs> <That laughs> Have you guys seen John Wick 3 yet? No, I, no. Need I saw it last Sunday. Is Good. it worth it? Oh, it's so. I mean, I love all those I movies. I know, me too. I, I still remember when the first John Wick came out, and I was a freshman in the film LLC, and I was asking everyone on my floor, like, hey, Will you go see this fucking movie with me? It's gonna be insane. And they're like, who's in it? And like, Keanu Reeves. And as soon as I said that, everyone's like, pass. I'm yeah. like, all right, but- no, have you seen this fucking trailer? It's gonna be crazy. And all of them said no. And I remember it was a good day because like I went to this Hot Topic and I got a Rob Zombie album that's like super rare now. Oh, oh my go. God. It was like the Hot Topic pressing of Hellbilly Deluxe. Nice. You couldn't find it anywhere. It's like really rare now. And, um, so I got that and then I saw John wick and I was like the only person in the theater. I'm like, this is a good day. but I was just like, I watched that movie. I'm like, that was an awesome movie, but like everyone is going to be talking about this movie oh, and there yeah. was no one in the theater Oof. and I didn't even think there would be a sequel. But then sure enough, there became this following and yeah. it actually was successful that opening weekend despite like the screening experience I mm-hmm. had. It's just what I thought was weird was there was all these articles saying John Wick is like a cult film in the making and stuff. I'm like, well, isn't the whole thing about a cult film is, is a movie that a cult film was a film that gets popular later on. Yeah. Well, yeah, it doesn't make any so, money and then gets popular. You should never describe a film as a cult film right out of the gate. No. Right.
2: No. People. Yeah. Use Unless it a, like well, people use super that. Hard. Yeah. People use that term way too loosely. Yeah. I've noticed that a lot. Well, with I movies. Think,
3: I think it's just people assume that, like, cult following just means that, like, a bunch of people fucking love this movie, and they're super nerdy about it, and, Yeah, you know, that's not what a cult is. But it's really is. not it's, a cult it's movie. It's when a yeah. cult movie doesn't make any money when it's released, and then years later, suddenly people are, like, super fucking into
0: it, and then it's sure. just kind of like,
3: great, we didn't make any money off this You know this what's fuck.
0: interesting is... um Cause I'm trying to think movies that came out when like I was young. Cause usually the cult films I was in, like I wasn't alive when a lot of them came out. Yeah. Right. But if I'm trying to think of stuff that like came out that I remembered coming out and no one liking and people liking now. Yeah. Um. The one that comes to mind is, do you remember Jennifer's body? I love Jennifer's body. Yeah. Jennifer's like body, that yeah. is like, cause at the yeah, time a I remember, lot of people hated no, it. no. I remember me and my friends in the eighth grade sneaking into it. <laughs> and then we walked out. How dare we, you. We, we were like horny eighth graders. Right, we wanted yeah. to see Megan Fox naked because this was like 09, uh, yeah, 08 or so. Yeah. Like, Trans- like, it was, was
2: like prime Megan Fox yeah. years. Yeah.
0: Apparently she lost like a bunch of weight for this role too. Yeah, which I'm just
3: me. like, I thought she was just that skinny all the time. Yeah, but like, like
0: looking back on it now, I'm like, oh my God, this whole movie is like in the way that the craft sort of encapsulated like 90s mall goth culture. Mm-hmm. I think Jennifer's body did the same thing for like 2008, 2007, like my scene. Concert. Oh yeah, yeah.
3: Absolutely. Especially with that weird slang that, um, Oh my God. What's, what's her name? Um, help me. Amanda, uh, Amanda Seyfried. Seyfried. No, no, Megan no. Fox. Um, no, I'm talking about the writer. Oh, oh it's Diablo Cody. Diablo Cody, she who wrote, wrote Juno. Yeah. at the same time. Yeah. That slang, like yeah. I remember people using that shit after Juno came out, and it actually like became kind of slang phrases, and it was yeah. the weirdest shit in the world. Because I'm like, who says that? Nobody says that, and then people started saying it. I was like, God damn you, Diablo yeah. Cody. That's wild. You yeah. genius. You beautiful genius.
2: Yeah. Speaking of cult films, we're gonna wrap up on Terrifier just to keep things going. <laughs> that might be. That's fair. Um, well, any closing <laughs> thoughts on the Terrifier sequel being made?
3: Uh, I'm gonna see it I'm gonna see the shit out of it I'll probably see it too (laughs) I kind of hope it's like straight to Netflix though
2: well I mean the thing is Terrifier was released and the first one at least was released back in like 2016 at a fucking festival but it didn't come out until like late 2018 on Mm -hmm. Netflix
0: Okay. Well, um, I was reading about it I think somebody's
2: but Terrifier has oh. such a following now that it'll probably get a wider release dude
0: you're I remember... just hyping me on this movie I'm going like I have work should... at hey, like, I, mean... I have work at 8.30 tomorrow but I'm gonna like pull an all nighter just to watch Terrifier it's so.
2: not a long movie no it feels it long. does feel long because it gets stupid even to me cause I <laughs> but like, I'll, I'll still probably it. see it because I like the concept of Art the Clown and mm-hmm. I, I, I'm all for nerdy people making movies so. I hope right. in
3: like the third one they get Bill Moseley to pay
2: Art the Clown <laughs> alright Damien or just like a
0: shameless cameo how like (laughs) oh my god i would love that shit but yeah you know when there's like a straight to video horror movie and they're like oh we got um well yeah but like we got bill mosley or we have uh what's his name um Robert Englund. Yeah, Robert, to, whose Robert name was just escaping me. Yeah, like, yeah. Oh, Robert Englund's in this movie. It's like, no, he's in the beginning and then gets killed. Yeah. And then we have to deal that with these, like, boring teenagers.
3: Behind the mask, that movie. I know that Robert Englund is, oh, like, the, see that. the like, guy um, who's, like, haunting him. him. I
0: remember hating the first Hatchet movie when I first saw it. Mm-hmm. And I know there's, like, a cult following mm-hmm. now. But when I first oh, yeah. saw it, I'm like, oh, this There's, is like, sucks. eight of them now. Yeah, but I remember that was the thing. Like, I was like, oh, Robert Englund's in this movie. And I'm like, no, he gets killed at the beginning.
3: Yeah. Right? Yeah. It's just the big name that they have. True. Yep.
2: All right. So rock and roll, Damien. You keep on making your clown movies. Yes, please. Um, moving on to the next topic of discussion. Um, recently, uh, the movie The Lords of Chaos came out. I didn't see it. I don't think Joelin saw it. James oh. saw it.
0: I did see it. Talk um, about it.
2: And James has been amped to come on the show and give sort of a crash course on black metal. Yeah. So I'm gonna let. I'm gonna. Pipe well, in when I can, yeah. And I'm well, gonna let well, yeah, you two yeah. handle this. Well, for let him out I feel. I, I feel like
0: I have like a pretty like wide knowledge, or I, I like to think I at least have like um more than average size knowledge right. of this sort of this subculture and well, whatnot. Sense, um, yeah. so like, I guess, where do you really want me to begin? Do you well, want to talk origins of the genre? Yes, yeah, start with origins. Okay. I um, would say
2: start with origins, and maybe go into like. Who's who's killing it now? And like close with a few thoughts on what you thought of the Lords of Chaos.
0: OK, well, I guess if we're going to talk Lords of Chaos, I think I'd probably talk about the stuff that sort of helped create the Norwegian scene in the 90s. OK, so if we're really going to do that, we're going to have to go back to the early 80s. OK, Um. so I mean, you had. Um. So I guess we'll start with with what created the first wave of black metal. So in the early eighties, you had, um, bands like priest Sabbath motorhead and whatnot. Mm -hmm. But, um, the first band that sort of decided, Oh, we're really going to make sort of devil's music was a band from England called venom. Okay. Mm -hmm. And, uh, they're sort of notorious for coining the term black metal because they had an album called black metal. Gotcha. Um, well, I guess the first one was called In League with Satan and was famous because it had a pentagram and whatnot, which right. is funny because um, there was all these things going on in the news at the time saying like, are there hidden satanic messages in like today's music? I'm like, um, the album's called Welcome to Hell and it has a pentagram with a goat on it. Right. Yeah. What's or- hidden about it? It's a, it's right in your face. Yeah. And I think that's part of one of the things that attracted me to the genre the most is that it was just right in your face. Um, So they were important for creating that sort of, for sort of embracing the evil side of it. So that was in the UK scene, but they were sort of coming up in the new wave of British heavy metal with like Priest, um, Iron Maiden. Mm -hmm. uh, God, I love Iron Maiden. It's weird because technically they didn't have much success in the UK, but Def (coughs) Leppard... came from the same scene, yeah. but they were more on like the poppier side True, and that yeah. scene just like really wasn't into it. And then they came to the States like where hair metal was getting big and they were embraced with like open arms yeah. and they became like, I mean, they're the reason we're still talking about them today. Yeah, you know? exactly. Um So that was the big band in the UK was venom and venom is notorious because um a lot of the bands they brought as openers ended up far surpassing venom. So venom was one of the first Big Tours Metallica ever got on. Mm. Okay. Wow. So they did a Venom tour. Um, There was another tour that was famous for coming through the States where it was Venom headlining, and uh, their openers were Exodus and Slayer. Mm. Okay. Wow. Yeah, so they were really integral for, like, it was inspiring these younger bands that would become really big. But, um, yeah, so they're really important to that sound. Um, I think they've since, there's... Some lineup where there's like one original member still playing, and there's another band called uh Venom Inc., where it's the remaining members of the original lineup with a different singer. Um, okay, they actually just played in Chicago opening for the Misfits reunion. Oh, cool! Oh, is that uh, with
3: the one with Fear?
0: It was Fear and Power Trip, Neat. yeah. So Venom Inc. played that one, okay. Um, so that's probably the big one there. Also, we're gonna go across the pond to um. It's Finland, yes. Okay. Um, Wait, I think I'm getting that wrong. Fuck. Okay, Merciful Fate. Oh, I love Merciful Fate. Merciful (laughs) Fate. Um, Mostly made famous because of their front man, uh, King Diamond, who um, I'll just say, uh, if you like Ghost, you like Merciful Fate. Okay. So I've often described Ghost as King Diamond or Merciful Fate playing ABBA songs. Oh, nice. (laughs) <laughs> that which is really it because if you look at it like but like they were another band that like you had tremendously talented oh, the thing with Venom was that they were fun and like really sort of evil and it was cheesy but they weren't great musicians mm-hmm. Merciful Fate were really good musicians and they do these really like horror like evil horror inspired power battle sorry power ballads mm-hmm. and power um, battles power ba- yeah that also sorry. sounds <laughs> pretty great yeah um but at the time, there's so much, like, mystique around them. Nobody really knew that it was an act. They're like, oh, my God, these guys actually are satanic mm-hmm. and whatnot. And King Diamond, the front man, was one of the first people to wear makeup. Gotcha. To so sort of, like, so, like, for example, they, they were just paying tribute to Kiss, who would just yeah. wear, like, this funny makeup. But, like, I mean... Kiss wears evil makeup, but they're singing songs like "I was made for loving you" yeah, and yeah. "I want to rock tear, and roll all night." Tears are
3: falling, which is my favorite Kiss song. <laughs> I love that song. Nice. The um, video is on a pirate ship, and it's amazing.
4: Yeah,
0: <laughs>
3: sorry.
0: Um, no, you good, dude? I saw some fucking meme the other day about um, Kiss when they didn't wear makeup. Do you remember that whole era in the '80s where they're just mm-hmm. yeah, no, oh, Kiss unmasked? Right, yeah, where it was the meme was just um when you get a drop of barbecue sauce and, on your shirt and you're not sure what to do, and then the, it's just a Kiss video with the going, lick it up, <laughs> lick it
2: up. That's pretty great.
0: <laughs> um, anywho, uh. but King Diamond was notorious for um, two things. One, he would um, do the makeup, and it sort of matched the sound. Okay. You know how Kiss had the scary makeup, but they were singing happy songs? Like You look at King Diamond with that spooky makeup, and you're like, Oh yeah, of course he's he's looking the part too. Right, so they yeah. had that sort of like stage presence and whatnot.
2: Yeah,
0: and then um, the especially when he went solo, mm-hmm. a lot of his songs were concept albums, and every album he did, you could pretty much view as its own like Hammer horror film. Oh, nice. Particularly nice. the album Abigail is straight up just like a Hammer horror like Woman in Black sort of ghost story. Nice. very nice. It's really well done. Cool. And like everything that ghost is can be traced back to King diamond. That makes a lot of state. sense. Given um, like- and then I guess the other two bands I'll mention that are probably the most integral for the Norwegian scene are you had Bathory from Sweden oh. who I'm really sorry, brought the raw <laughs> aggression to it. So they, the uh, uh, Korthon, is, uh the thing with Bathory is um, there's so much that's not known about Bathory because it was a one man project. Well, I guess technically it started as a band, and then it became a one-man project, and these albums just kept coming out, and there was this, often this rumor about like when would this dude actually tour, because he was essentially combining speed metal and punk and really creating the sound that would become modern-day black metal. Okay if there's even such a term right yeah, you know because yeah. it's all black metal's meant to be primitive because it was sort of going against the idea of this really crisp production they're like no we want the worst most evil sounding production Bathory's mm-hmm. second album pretty much sounds like it was recorded like on the shittiest like Cell phone microphone you could find, oh, okay, yeah, with just like this crazy buzz saw guitar, it's like right, the, yeah. the worst sounding thing you've ever heard, but that really just adds to the atmosphere, yeah, at all. exactly. And um, the next band I'll mention is Celtic Frost,
3: okay, mm-hmm. dude. Last year I saw this Celtic Frost cover band, oh my god, and they were so bad, it was like in the suburbs, I don't even remember where it was. And at first, I was like all pumped, I'm like, yeah, Celtic Frost, and then I was just like, oh. Oh So no.
0: the Celtic Frost, I think is probably the Celtic Frost and Bathory, I think are probably the two most influential. So Celtic Frost from Sweden um, started off as a band called Hellhammer, um, which they were just some kids that really liked Venom and wanted to make Venom inspired music. Gotcha. But they didn't get a lot of traction when they were Hellhammer, so they really just Looked at this, you know, I I encourage anyone to do what Celtic, sorry, what Hellhammer did to become Celtic Frost. They were looking at all this other like proto black metal trying to sound like that. And then they realized, wait, there's so many other ways to sound evil. So then Mm. they started listening to like Sisters of Mercy, um, Bauhaus, like all sorts of other like dark stuff. And then creating their own really original sound and becoming one of the Probably the blueprint for what would become, like, black metal as we know it. Okay. And so you had that scene in the 80s that was going on, Uh which also led to the start of death metal in Florida, and particularly in Sweden, which Mm. a lot of people say the Florida stuff's better. I personally think the Swedish death metal sound is a lot better, but that could be a whole other podcast. Gotcha. But basically death metal was really blowing up, and in Norway there was all these teenagers that um, were seeing that blow up, but they were, they kind of didn't like that it was gaining popularity. Mm-hmm. And they sort of saw it as sort of the wet. Well, also at the time the West was starting to expand and whatnot. So Western culture was coming into Europe. Like this was the first time that McDonald's was like a big thing in Europe. Mm-hmm. Um, there was just all this Western influence. So, it was basically too free and kids were just trying to find a way to rebel. Gotcha. So it was really like punk rock starting in England. These kid Norwegian kids decided like, we want to make music that is explicitly satanic. And it's, we want to make music that literally does scare people. Mm-hmm. And the first band to really do that was Mayhem. Okay. Who Lords of Chaos is about.
2: Gotcha. It's, N- to interrupt quick, yeah. uh, is th- when was it? Is it around this time that like all the shit with like burning down churches? So and that stuff? comes a
0: little bit later, but like Mayhem, I think, is formed in 88. Okay. I mean, I don't know exactly because Lords of Chaos, the film, is actually mm. based on a book based around the whole events that happened, which right. is um, really just covering the news stuff. Uh huh. Um, so Lords of Chaos, it's m- a big chunk of the book is about the actual music scene and then the rise of the violent acts that happened. And then the last part of the book is of actually about um, Norwegian nationalism. Okay. And the rise of white supremacy in gotcha. Europe. Um, so what, anyway, long story short, what happens there is Mayhem starts as this band that's really there to shock people. Um, they get this singer named Dead, Oh, well, yeah, I guess yeah. that was his stage name, but um, he was from...
3: Imagine if that was his birth name. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> his parents just don't give a shit. Yeah, exactly.
0: <laughs> his parents are but um, fuck. He's notorious for being sort of, I guess, he's really sort of the martyr of the Norwegian scene. Gotcha. I guess in the way that Cobain was in grunge, not just because they're like two dudes that like helped define a genre and also mm-hmm. had long blonde hair. You're right, yeah. Who died from suicide, but anywho, um, mayhem... Uh, was creating their own sound. Mm-hmm. You know, they were taking everything that they saw before and were really just having this sort of attitude of punk where they really wanted to offend people. So a big thing they saw was um, Westernization coming to Europe was not too dissimilar to the Christian Anglo-Saxons coming in and wiping out the Norse culture, mm-hmm. which is sort of what led to the church burnings. Okay. Okay. So that was their way of basically saying like, fuck this establishment and everything. They're like, all right, fuck this religion too, which is like, it, I mean, you can tell that these are teenagers doing it. Cause like somehow they're Satanists, but also Odinists at the mm-hmm. same time. So it doesn't really add up, but I guess the big figures in that scene would be mayhem. Sort of the band that sort of started it. Burzum. Mm-hmm. Gotcha. Who's uh I think we've all probably heard yeah. some mention of here. Mm-hmm. Um through the murders that yeah. happened by mm-hmm. Vark Vikerness to Euronymus and also the multiple church burnings that happened. Um and I guess I don't know, I'm just sort of just rambling now. No, it's all good. This, um so I'm trying to think well, I guess we should really start where uh there's the suicide of Dad, mm-hmm. the front man of Mayhem who um, was notorious... He was just an odd duck, you know? Um, One thing he was famous for doing was he would bury his stage clothes a couple days before shows. And right before the shows, he'd just go and dig them up. And put them on so it actually looked like he had been dead and buried. Oh, okay. Gotcha. And come out and... um, So it looked like... I guess... Yeah, so it looked like he was a fucking zombie that would come out. Right, and, yeah. And this Mayhem was one of the bands that oh, <laughs> <We're good. laughs> would really set the standard for wearing the corpse paint on stage. Okay. Which, um I guess they said I've heard multiple different interpretations of it. Some saying that, like, oh, it's because we're wearing war paint, which uh-huh. is just equally as cheesy. But right, the, yeah. the, the best description I've heard was um it's to remove the human element of. Uh, Ooh, I like that. Creepy. Okay. Yeah. Um, that makes sense. Yeah. So there is dead who famously killed himself in the house in the countryside that mayhem was living in. Mm-hmm. And Euronymous, the founding member and guitarist, and also the owner of the Death Like Silence label, which signed all of the early <coughs> uh, Norwegian black metal bands. Mm-hmm. Uh, He's famous for... Finding the body of dead, and taking pictures of the dead body oh. with the brain sitting out and everything. Yeah, yeah. And uh, the dawn this. of the Black Hearts bootleg. Uh, it's a live bootleg of Mayhem. Mm-hmm. Uh, the album cover is the actual dead body of. Yeah. Dead with his brain right. hanging out and everything. I heard wow. about this, yeah. Um, and then, of course, uh, Varj Vikarnez, who was a kid who created this band called Borzum, who um, was clearly just a big fan of these bands and actually ended up probably, as much as he's not a great person as far as the sound of those bands, he probably is one of, if not the best out of all the bands to come from that scene. But there's also other bands of worth, like uh, Dark Throne, Emperor. Pizza's here. (laughs) Hell yeah. Pizza time. There's bands like Dark Throne, Emperor...
2: Let's do this again. <laughs> so not yeah, real. but the reason why it keeps getting weird is because we have the cor- cords for this oh, okay. strewn like across the room, and Graham. It's has like to, Mission Impossible. Yeah, He's has gotta... to like la- laser duck yeah. every time he has to leave the room.
0: Oh, this is fun. It's uh, like a like a jungle. I nailed
3: jungle.
0: it. <laughs> Long story. So I mean, to put this complicated sh- story short. um uh, I mean, they were sort of just young kids looking for ways to rebel, and they thought, like, oh, we should really show, like, a big F you to the government. We're sort of like this black metal mafia and whatnot. So they were going around. Um, Varg orchestrated these church burnings to sort of send the message saying, like, yeah, we're the youth of today. Fucking fear us and whatnot. Um, which, like, when I was, like, 16, 17 getting into this stuff, I thought this was, like, the coolest thing in the world. Right. Um, Absolutely. But in retrospect, as much as I still love the music, it's, it's pretty fucking stupid.
2: Yeah, no, it's really
0: funny. I mean, like I love black metal, but the thing as a whole, it's really fucking stupid. Mm -hmm. Um, and I guess these are just kids that were just a little in too deep. Yeah. And which actually led to, um, the founding member of mayhem, like sort of trying to distance himself. And I guess he had, there's a lot of rumors saying that he had wanted to kill Varg. Okay. And um, he misheard that or, I mean, it's so hard to keep up with the drama with that scene of what really happened because everyone involved has a completely different story. Mm -hmm. So that probably leads into what's wrong with Lords of Chaos. Gotcha. Which is, um, which, yeah, we should mention the whole story got made into a film called Lords of Chaos. Mm -hmm. It came out, Recently. Recently. It came out in February. I watched it the day it dropped. And, um.
2: Is it Rory Culkin
0: that was in it? Yeah, it's, okay. it's Rory Culkin and, um, Val Kilmer's son is in it. Oh, too. okay. <laughs> I didn't know that. Uh, he plays dead in the movie. Gotcha. Um, oh, but, yeah. Spoiler What happens is, um, I mean, it's it's basically history. We know what happens. Right, that, yeah. um, it's hard to spoil Varg ends up stabbing Euronymous 27 times and uh, with a final blow to the head, which kills him, and Varg gets the maximum sentence in Norway, which is 21 years in prison. And he's been out for some time now Mm -hmm. and lives in Paris, has two kids, uh, is still a fascist. Oh, yeah. He got into fascism when he was in prison. So he's technically a Nazi now and (laughs) has a hilarious YouTube page called the Therulian Perspective. Jesus Christ. It's it's very strange. (laughs) Is it as funny as Elliot Rogers YouTube videos? It's not too dissimilar.
3: Oh, no. (laughs) (laughs)
0: Oh, boy. Yeah. the
3: world is collapsing.
0: So there's just a lot of characters in that scene, but there's plenty of good people in that scene. Uh, Fenris mm-hmm. from dark throne is a very nice dude and mm-hmm. actually got, I guess it was against his own accord, but it got elected as like the town. He lives in mayor. Aww. I guess no so. I guess that, or he's like the city alderman now. That's interesting. Or something, even though he's the <coughs> man of, well, the drummer and uh-huh. part of the two man project, black Metal, um, uh, dark throne. Gotcha. Um, sorry, it's getting late. I've been drinking. Um, <laughs> it's understand. Never been. But anyway, so like <laughs> that, that I could ramble on and on about the ins and outs of Norwegian black metal. Um, mean, even if you like, I could make like a Spotify playlist you could release. Like, yeah, with the that,
2: that'd be, that'd stuff. be fine. Yeah. Essentials. Let's, we could do that too. Um,
0: but yeah, so the film Lords of chaos, uh, is directed by Johannes Ackerland.
2: That sounds right. Yeah. And,
0: uh, Funny thing about him is that he was actually the original drummer of Bathory before oh, it became okay. a one man project, so it's not like he's a total stranger to this scene, right? Yeah, he's got a little bit of skin in the game, and um, I guess he's been trying to make this film for years. I mean, he's made a name for himself for being like one of the best music video directors in the biz, like, he's done videos for everyone from Metallica to Madonna, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I think he's did like all of U2's stuff in the 90s. Okay. So he's a really good director, mm-hmm. but I don't think he's done too many features. He's maybe done one or two, but this was sort of his passion project. Gotcha. And, you know, there's a lot of gets really right. Mm-hmm. Um, for me personally, I've wanted to tell this story on film mm-hmm. since I was about 17, really getting into the genre. Right. But, um, I think with this adaptation and bringing the story to the public eye, it probably, it, you know, it probably opens the opportunity to someone else to mm-hmm. do their own version of it somewhere down the line. Um, a lot of people had issues with the humor that's in the movie. Oh, okay. And my response to that is you realize you're talking about, have you, have you re- listened or looked right. at black metal before? Like, yeah, It can be really depressing, really dark and stuff, but, like, it it can be pretty stupid. Yeah. And if you're not just poking fun at that a little bit, Mm -hmm. then...
2: You're taking it way too seriously. You're taking it way
0: too seriously, and you're just as bad as the people that complain about it on the internet. Yeah, true. Um, One thing that I was really glad, because I hadn't heard this perspective at all, is... um, just the idea that these kids involved in the scene were really just trying to act hard and they were sort of suppressing their own feelings.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. Because there's a scene in the movie where uh, Rory Culkin playing Euronymous is sort of talking about like, oh, dad killed himself and that was so brutal. Right, yeah. And so if we wear necklaces that are made from fragments of his skull, which that is a I, yeah, that the original that members too, of Mayhem yeah. did. And that's um, <laughs> Well, there's a part where uh, he gets into a fight with Varg in the movie and he mm-hmm. like gives him the skull necklace back going like, here, you take this back. And then Euron goes like, I lied. That's a chicken bone. Oh, my God. Except I'm like, yeah, that makes perfect sense. Right. Um, but there's a part, there's a really emotional scene that sort of, it shows Rory Culkin trying to show some emotion because he's talking with his... I guess he didn't have a, Uranus didn't have a girlfriend in real life. I don't think most of these guys did. Right. Yeah. Um, Go figure. (laughs) But yeah, but I think they just, they added this character because they needed him to show that he was kind of a softie or did Mm -hmm. have an emotional side. And there's a moment where he's with this character and she says, um, you know, when you're talking about dad, like it's okay to miss him. Mm -hmm. Like, Sure, he sort of like did this as like a brutal act for the or you, you view this as like a brutal act for this scene and sort of creates this whole like facade for mayhem, but at the end of the day, like your friend killed himself. It's okay to miss him. It's okay to be sad. Right, yeah. Yeah. And yeah. it's sort of this this moment, like there's no lines from him. He's just really trying to like hold it back and just seem hard, even like this tender moment with this woman and you realize like oh he really does want to show emotion and Mm -hmm. maybe he's in too deep yeah so i think it's a well done movie could have been done better but again sort of i would have liked it if it was sort of like a movie like imagine if like gus van sant had done this movie oh
2: yeah it'd be a um, very different movie or if it was like a
0: larry clark or like a. Fuck, even like a Harmony Kareen, apparently when he was oh, making because yeah. if you have you listened to the Gummo soundtrack, there's no, like no, I haven't. There's like there's Burzum songs on okay. the Gummo soundtrack. Like, yeah. it's only now that cause I'm remembering the Gummo came out like pre-internet, mm-hmm. I was thinking, dude, Harmony Kareen must have been really into the underground. Cause I was looking at the songs. He's got everything from like Norwegian black metal, which was still very underground at the time. Yeah. Um, he's got like Southern, like Louisiana bands that mm-hmm. were on Housecore records. He's got like an I Hate God song. He's got some like OG death metal, and then he's got like Roy Orbison and Madonna. Right? Yeah, that's, that's interesting. Just, we yeah. could do a whole other soundtrack just about how much I love the movie Gummo. Yeah. Right. But- <laughs> yeah. That's awesome. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. Like, I don't know. Lords of Chaos. It's not perfect, but. It's the movie we got, and <laughs> you know what? Let's stop complaining. Just be happy that your favorite genre of underground music is getting the recognition it deserves.
2: True, you know, very true.
3: Is uh, Lords of uh, Chaos* available? You almost to- said *Lords of Salem*. I
2: almost did.
0: <laughs> Lords my of brain's of Salem. my
3: brain's broken. Yeah. Um, well, it,
0: it, it's late. I it is. It. Yeah. Uh, I just got off a six-hour shift, so I feel it. that'll do it.
3: Yeah. Um, is it available to stream anywhere that you know of?
0: Uh, I rented out on prime okay but I'm not sure if it's available to stream yet but I imagine it'll be on Netflix very soon
3: okay cool it's just one of curious ones. yeah all right so
2: yeah um we're uh we're gonna put out I'll be plugging a playlist that james is gonna make yeah i can of, send that to you real soon of some uh black metal uh standards that you should be checking out if you yeah. are curious to get into the genre thank you so much for that crash course so, yeah uh, I,
0: I hope i did all right i, I think, think you did fine like, it's kind of scatterbrained, but it's just i think
2: uh, i think you, i mean i learned i feel like i learned something <laughs> that could track it well, I so
0: i hope you all did too whoever's listening yeah, yeah.
2: <laughs> um we're going to close up in the, the night. We're a little pressed for time, but we're going to take a couple minutes and discuss uh one of our favorite directors, Quentin Tarantino, yeah. because uh nice. the new trailer for Oh man, he went all out. With <laughs> uh, well, the new trailer for uh Once Upon a Time in Hollywood mm-hmm. just, what just came out and uh so yeah, what are your guys' thoughts on it?
0: I'm like a sucker for anything like Manson family related, mm-hmm. so I'm all about it. Um at first, I was, like... I needed to be a little snobby. hmm I mean, like, Quentin Tar- I said earlier in the podcast, like, I feel like Quentin Tarantino is probably the reason that, like, all of us are even sitting in this room together. True. One um, of them, yeah. But... Do you know, like... You know when Wes Anderson can be a little bit too Wes Anderson. That's how you posted mm-hmm. this. On yeah, Facebook. like, but you know, yeah. like, because I mean, I love Wes Anderson, and like my favorite Wes Anderson movie is um, Life Aquatic. Okay, mm-hmm. but a lot of people agree, like, that movie is so Wes Anderson. Yeah, it's yeah. like, all right, calm down. That's partially why I love it, mm-hmm. but. Tarantino is like the biggest fan of seventies and 60s. Well, the thing is, the thing that makes Tarantino great is that he's one a good director, mm-hmm. and he could make like any like movie he wants he can make, like, a really good, like, Oscar-baity movie and probably win all the awards. So he's a good director, but he chooses to make, like, these 70s, 60s, like, schlock inspired movies. true. Love it. And that's why I love him. Yeah. (laughs) But so the fact that he's making a movie about this era that he loves, it sort of seems like he's doing the Wes Anderson thing and sort of stroking his ego a little too much. I was going to say jerking
3: himself off, but yours is a little bit more... Yeah, uh,
0: but... I mean it was i think it was what you commented you're like in all honesty he's probably the only director i'd be okay with them doing that yeah no he said
2: that's why i said was he's tarantino is one of the few directors left that i will go sit down and watch himself jerk himself off for two and a half hours for
3: me i think it might be literal
0: what (laughs) Kidding. Yeah. I thought yeah. about it for like two seconds. No. I was like, No, never
3: mind. Get out. Get out. Yeah.
0: <laughs> well, he was he was buds with Weinstein for a bit. Yeah. So, <laughs> oh god. No. Which is weird. Like, have you tried rewatching Entourage recently? No. I've never seen Entourage. Oh, I love but... that show. But uh Har- bet, they're, yeah. they're, 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 there's like a whole season where Harvey Weinstein's in it playing himself. Oh, oh god. no. and like, oh. Oh
2: no. boy. That, oh no. I'll take jokes that don't hold up well for two hundred. Yeah.
0: 200. yeah. <laughs> Well speaking of that, uh, doesn't that mean that Roman Polanski is gonna be in this movie?
3: Yeah, I think so. Well someone playing
0: someone playing Roman Polanski's gotta be in I it. I believe so.
2: I don't know for sure.
0: Because well, you got Margaret Robbie playing Sharon Tate, yeah. so yeah. we don't know who's playing Roman. Um I remember there being some thread online when they announced what the idea for this movie mm. was and um I'm forgetting the dude's name. Um I just remember he's the bad guy from Quantum of Solace. If anyone even still oh, remembers that movie, him. yeah, yeah. But you know the actor I'm talking about, and you're uh, like Matthew
2: Amariac, something
0: like that, yeah. But like
2: <laughs> I've seen him in one other thing. It was a French film.
0: I yeah, think. but don't like dude's a fucking doppelganger for yeah. like young. That's
2: actually that's uh, not a bad casting decision.
0: I don't know if that's who it is, but like people are speculating like. Not yeah. even a word. scapulate? No, speculating. Speculating. <laughs> Skepulating, that's something you do to someone during surgery. I don't
3: know. <laughs> um, have you guys just seen like the first trailer that was released, or like the new I've one? I've watched, of them. I watched okay. the new one. Yeah. I've seen okay. Because I didn't know that they made a new one until I went to Tarantino Thursdays over at the Avalon, yeah. and oh, yeah. they played that. This
2: one's got more Kurt Russell in it. Well,
0: yeah. He's, he's well, like my favorite actor of all oh, time. He's oh, the God, my favorite he's the man. He's the fucking man.
3: But I like like it already because it seems like there's more Manson involved because yeah. I was afraid that it was just going to be like a sort of like side thing that's just casually mentioned and that's all that it was going to be but then right. like there's actually well, a point like an where they like part meet of the part
2: him because isn't Brad Pitt's character's neighbor uh, neighboring Sharon Tate Sharon yeah, Tate. Mm-hmm. yeah. Um,
0: so I'm into it I'm all about this yeah it's going to be great and uh, fuck Pacino has <laughs> never been in a Tarantino movie before. oh yeah mm-hmm. this is, so a, that this is be, a first yeah it looks like, like he's going to be really good in it too yeah, yeah. I like him well, I mean that's just a Tarantino thing, you know. Like he'll pick an actor that no one really suspects to be really good, and then Shabam, yeah, Shabam. Um, <laughs> True. I mean, sure. Well he did, he, I, mean, I mean, like famously he did that with like Travolta. Yeah. yeah. But like, I mean, it's not like Pacino is really out of it. He's like no. had a career, and like he's probably like on his way out right now. <laughs> in the way that Tarantino sort of hinted that he's sort of on his way out because yeah. said, I he was don't believe do, it for a was, minute. Really? I don't believe him. As think, in, I
2: think Tarantino is too much of an egotist for him to go back on his word, though. Mm. I think Tarantino, Tarantino has always been such a fucking rock star director that when when he says that he's only going to do 10 movies, I actually believe it. Damn it. But he's, gonna, he's always always, also said that he's going to be, like, writing. He's yeah. going like
0: to write books. That being said, like, how many final tours has Kiss gone on? That's true. Yeah. He could
2: be, like, the Brett Favre of uh, yeah. well, uh, uh, like uh, a, filmmakers. I mean,
3: Natural Born Killers was, like, possibly my favorite movie ever. And, I mean, he didn't direct that. That was just, he only got a story by credit for that one.
2: Yeah, which he's pissed about. Yep. Actually, I think I heard they buried the hatchet, which you should, being full grown adults.
0: <laughs> Apparently that's who Lee Donowitz in true romance is based on. It's based on Oliver Stone. Oh really? With, um, yeah. Toying with the script for natural born killers. <laughs> that's fucking I've heard yeah, that. And it's also based on Harvey Weinstein, but oh, okay. you know, Boy. I'd believe both, I'd believe but both, I just that yeah. for a while, that was like my favorite. Well, movie Tarantino, oh,
2: Tarantino is, uh, said that true romance is a super personal story for him. Like, I, obviously, I don't know how much of it is based on his real life, but, like, the experiences between Alabama and Clarence were basically, like, kind of snippets from his love life. It's He's made it sound like. Maybe that,
0: or maybe it's just him, like... I mean, like, he's a filmmaker. He was, like, an art... He was, like, a kid, like, dreaming about making movies. He's Like, yeah. all of us. So he was probably just dreaming about this man... He was probably just creating a manic pixie dream girl in his yeah. mind and Alabama is his manic pixie dream girl. True. That's also, that's
2: actually true, yeah.
3: His name uh Gary Oldman. Yeah. Doesn't he play that that Drexel. drug dealer? Yeah. Oh my god, he's amazing as he's that. So good when at that. my yeah. friend like described his character to Samuel me, I Jackson's was just like, like This could be minutes. the worst thing five ever. Minutes and gets oh my god! killed
0: by Gary Oldman dressed as like a member of Korn Yeah, and, and, I fucking like, love Gary Oldman that he's movie. So good in that bad. movie. I don't feel bad. He's so good. I was amazed.
2: No, I need to. I've heard the, Barry The is opening, great. one of the,
0: the first episode of Barry, we're like, um, I don't want to spoil too much, but basically there's a scene, really, you know the premise of the yeah, show. Yeah, yeah. So he's going to kill this guy and basically stumbles into this acting class that mm-hmm. the dude is in, and they force him to act in a scene, and the dude he has to kill is playing. The scene they're doing is a scene from True Romance where Clarence is meeting with Drexel. Oh, <laughs> that's dude he's going to kill is pretending to be Gary Oldman just that's doing so like funny. the Rasta accent oh my and God. stuff. Oh, boy. Yeah, everything yeah. from a diddle-eyed joe
2: to a damn if I know. Yeah. <laughs>
0: that was pretty good.
2: That was bad. Yeah, no, I'm pretty. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, yeah, know I'm pretty. I'm I was pretty. Big, big old pair of titties big on the TV. T-
0: oh, we got regular old Charles Bronson. <laughs> oh, my God. China, Charlie Bronson. Do you know it? I didn't know
2: it was white boy, did yeah, <laughs> I didn't know it was white boy. <laughs> <laughs> what a movie. Oh, what a fucking movie. <laughs> I'm
0: going to go yeah. home and
3: watch that.
2: I think we're all pretty amped about Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. You're goddamn right. Um, uh, July
3: 26th, right? Yeah, that so, sounds right. Mm-hmm.
2: Right on. Okay,
0: yeah. Wait, I thought it was earlier. No? No, I think it's July.
3: I know July. it's July, and I'm pretty I sure it's July, I, know it's July. I, did, I
0: thought it was earlier July. Oh, I, maybe. Because I'm going to Europe all of July, and I was worried because like it's going to come out when I'm in Europe. Uh, well, I
3: know they put so it off a while. Like, they said they had one release date. Well, they actually the, they, well, they like,
0: bumped it forward. Oh, they bumped it, it
2: forward. forward. Oh, it was originally yeah, supposed to come out in August the of the anniversary of the Manson murders. <laughs>
3: Still, I which, love that. I don't care. Oops. Insensitive. Oh,
0: shit. Now I think about it, it's Tarantino. It's the Manson murders. Yeah, they're probably gonna show like every bloody detail. Oh yeah, one can only. Didn't they like hunk. pull like they like pulled the baby out of her and shit like that? Did they? Yeah,
2: I I don't know I'm enough about that. that,
0: that they're gonna he, show he it. In that
3: oh, he might flip history in that movie, That's like true. he did with Inglorious yeah, Bastards. Yeah.
0: yeah. I, mean, I got. I just have this feeling based on the second trailer. He probably will, but if he doesn't. I mean it's Tarantino. So maybe
3: know. the stuntman stops Manson maybe, before you, he kills. You know what? You know <laughs> Tarantino, Tarantino is,
0: you know, that being said even though we have these preconceived notions, he is still the only director that every movie of his that I've gone into um it's like I'll have an idea of where it's going and then and it, it goes someplace yeah. completely yeah.
3: different. Oh, I totally feel you there.
0: Like um I still have this memory from uh, when The Hateful Eight came out. Mm-hmm. I went and did the I saw it at the music box with my dad. Oh, so you did the I, road the show. I did the road show version. Nice. And so there's like the intermission in between. And I remember turning to my dad just going, you know, for a Tarantino movie, there's not a lot of blood in this movie. This is interesting. It's just really good writing. Second half, it's like the most violent movie oh, I've yeah. Ever seen. Yeah, it's great.
2: It <laughs> come it happens so fast. Oh, too. I know. <laughs> when, oh my god, I remember seeing that in the theaters, and when Kurt Russell starts throwing up blood, <laughs> yeah. I'm
0: like, oh <laughs> fuck, like
2: oh my god. No, it's, it's like it was
0: as soon as I said, you know, there's not a lot of blood. My dad's like, yeah, I think you're right. The next scene is him just right. just, <laughs> yeah,
2: yeah. Oh man. But yeah, uh once upon a time in Hollywood coming out soon. And I think that will wrap up Monsters at Midnight for June, you guys. Yeah. James, thank you so much for Dude, being on the show. thanks for having
0: me. This is a lot of fun. Yeah,
2: absolutely. Uh, we'll probably get you on again at some other point. Yeah, um, no, I'd love to. JoLynn, love to. as always, thank you very a much. Pleasure. Graham. Happy birthday to both you and happy James. Happy birthday, Graham and
3: James. <laughs> Woo! You, um,
2: it's not their birthday by the time you hear this, by the way. But it
3: was when we recorded <laughs> it. It so was recorded. when we recorded it. Fuck
2: it. And with... Uh, That that wraps up another episode of Monsters at Midnight. If you'll excuse me, I'm going to go pluck someone's eyeball out and then burn down a church. Have a groovy evening, everyone.